Happy Saturday, Mark Dunnigan. It is a Saturday. I like Saturdays. But I think when I ran into Tybee Island Mike uh, years ago, two years ago when we came through Tybee Island, the guy in the big... I remember him, and I yeah. remember you loved Tybee Island. He said, Mark, every day is now a Saturday. <laughs> wow, there we well... Go. There you go. It was, it's official. Yeah, he's traveling the world. Yeah. So we've been doing this thing, the nomad questions. Mm -hmm. The nomad questions. There's 450 of them. We've made it through, what do you think, 10? Yes. All right. What's my surprise question today? Well, this is interesting because for two and a half years, we were on the road, right? Yes, sir. And I think we crossed a number of things off your bucket list. Oh, my bucket list. It's what is on your bucket list, or at this point in our lives, I would say, what remains? What remains on the bucket list? And I kind of, I know one of the things that we didn't get around to is you wanted to see the Grand Tetons again. I know that's one of the things on that list. Yeah, so uh, we did so, so much. And I would say one thing, and this is just off the top of my head, I tend to like want to give you the most accurate answer. I just need to let go of all that precision right now, right? So it's just what comes to mind first, and that's going to be hiking the Narrows in Zion National Park. So Right. We were there, and you did just a little bit of yeah. it, but you want, uh, you want the full immersive experience. Exactly. And I think that's going to have to include maybe a group of people to really milk it for all it's worth. Like a tour. So who wants to hike the Narrows at Zion National Park? So here's what kind of went sideways for us. We didn't get there till like late afternoon. So Probably actually like evening, like uh-huh. around maybe... Six o'clock. It is an ordeal just to get to it. So this is something that you get up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. And you struggle just to get there. You got to hike to it. It's it's complicated. I won't go into it. But yeah, I would like to do that once with a group of people. All right. So Mark Dunnigan, your question of the day mm. is what would you like to accomplish this year? Wow. Wow. I mean... I'm so involved in the daily logistics of things. Yeah. And so it's like, well, what would I want to accomplish this year? There's a number of things, like there's the daily podcast that keep that up. Uh, See Christians in Oregon, probably preach as much as I can, fill in. I guess that would be it. What I want to accomplish is I want to have fruitful labor and use my talents. That's what I want to accomplish this year. And meet as many interesting people, encourage as many people as possible. All right. Well, I think you are on the right track for all of that. Let's dig into this little epistle, Third John. Do you want to give us a flyover, Mark, and read yeah. that? And so we'll, we will read through it. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all things or all respects that you prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. And they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the first among them, does not accept what we say. 
For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is from God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. And I hope to see you shortly, and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Hmm. Interesting. So, Third John, we talked last time we did the podcast about how this is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John. This is John, the disciple that Jesus loved. This is the same John that wrote First and Second John. And so, I guess altogether, God has used him to pen four books of the New Testament, Mark. Yeah, in this book, if you want to outline it, we have an address, and then we have Gaius, an example of service and truth and love. Then we have Diotrephes, an example of pride and strife. Mm. What a contrast. Mm. And then just some parting words. Okay, very good. So it, this opens similarly to how Second John opened, right? He identifies his work as an elder. Yeah, he just the title, the elder, and I think people, just that title, they knew who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we know which John that is. That is John the Apostle. We are what we do. He's the elder. Now, Gaius is probably one of the most popular names in the first century world was that name. Oh, really? And several men by the name have appeared earlier in your New Testament. Gaius of Corinth, uh Gaius of Macedonia, who's linked with Aristarchus as one of Paul's traveling companions, and Gaius of Derbe, Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. The beloved, he's beloved by God, John, and other members of the truth. And John says, whom I love in truth, whom I love sincerely. You know what is very biblical, Mark? What's very biblical is expressing our love as freely (laughs) as the Apostle John does in both word and deed. Because if you think about it, if this is the disciple that Jesus loved, like you think about that special attachment, there was a special attachment. Jesus was especially attached to this apostle who was very good at expressing his love. Yes, great observation. In verse 2, I find this an interesting verse. It's a prayer. Okay. It's a prayer for Gaius that in all respects he may prosper and be a good health, just as your soul prospers. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting places in the New Testament that you would say it is okay to pray for Mm -hmm. things like, I pray for your physical health. Yes. Pray, um, you know, that your doctor's appointment would go well. He wanted, in every aspect of his life, he wanted Gaius to be doing well. But especially, if the soul doesn't prosper, (laughs) nothing else, it really matters. Yeah, that's a good point. I kind of locked into this phrase, just as, you know, uh, I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And it had me wondering, what would be your degree of wealth and health if it were the exact degree of your soul's prosperity? Right. 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there'd be a number of people on life support now if that was the uh, that was the connection. Yes. So John says, I was overjoyed when brothers came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, it's amazing in the first century world how often we find references to Christians traveling. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have we have uh, Priscilla and Aquila. In Ephesus, and I think in Corinth, and I think in Rome, early Christians traveled a lot. And this is a verse that kind of is the same thing. Where John is, Christians came who had met Gaius and said, you know, do you know him? He's really an excellent believer. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of traveling, to me, it's very providential that God had it planned that the church would begin at a special feast day. That Pentecost. W- Pentecost. Yeah. yeah, a good majority of the Jewish people outside of Judea, where uh-huh. most of them lived. Yeah. And I think it was like two million people would come and pack into Jerusalem over that Passover Pentecost time period. So traveling believers has always been part of God's plan. Even in the birth of the church, he, he has the church begin on the day of Pentecost where people that are going to be traveling all over the world very, very soon are going to witness something that they will take with them and will go out and change the world forever. Yes. Anyway, I think I may have sidelined you. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I can, uh, I'm, I'm quick on the uptake. You are. So 3 John 4, when John responds to this great news that he gets about Gaius. You know, it's, it's okay to talk about other people when you're talking good, right? Oh, let's, I like to call that, Mark, um, reverse gossip. Yes. Talking up other people behind their backs. We need more of that. And don't even, like, plan for them to ever find out about it. Just do them that good. You go ahead of them, you'd be like, you know what I love about so-and-so? Or, you know what I admire about this sister in Christ? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He says, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. Nothing could make John happier than hearing that another Christian, particularly one he had converted, was still faithful. Mm-hmm. It's like, I really don't care where you live, what your career you select. Man, just as long as you're a faithful Christian, that's all that really matters. And again, once more, just to emphasize, you can walk in the truth. You can mm-hmm. understand it. You can apply it. That is not impossible. Gaius was able to do that. I just love this word, overjoyed. I love that word. And I don't think it's a word that I've noticed very often in the scriptures, but John is beyond happy because how we conduct our lives speaks like nothing else to what we truly believe deep down. And he is just so happy about what Gaius truly believes deep down. And I'm also moved by the fact he says, I have no greater joy than this. Like, Mark, there's a lot of joys in life. There are a lot of joys in life. But of all the joys in life, there is no greater joy than knowing that your children are walking in the truth. So, Mark, tell us if this is going to be his spiritual children? Yeah. Uh, My children here indicates that John may have started the congregation where Gaius attended, or at least converted Gaius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think clearly, particularly the way the biblical writers use that when Paul will talk about someone like Timothy, who is his child. Uh, We know that Timothy's not literally Paul's child, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that is someone that I converted, Mm -hmm. someone I had a hand in bringing to the truth. 
and they're still walking in the truth. But in verse 5, he now focuses on maybe one aspect of walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish. And so that just covers a whole field of stuff, right? For the brethren, and especially, and here's kind of the specific, when they are strangers. John here really focuses in on the hospitality that Gaius extends to traveling Christians that he's never met. Mm-hmm. Well, and this hospitality is an extension of their walking in the truth, right? It's like, well, what does it look like to walk in the truth? Well, one aspect is going to be hospitality. And I, I just wanted to add that if our purpose for living is to draw souls to God, it's no wonder that our highest highs would be around having fulfilled our reason for having been given life, hearing that those we love most have embraced the wisdom that secures their spiritual well-being. So yes, and part of that embracing of that wisdom would be to extend hospitality, because often, Mark, that hospitality is going to be an opportunity to share the wisdom of God with other people that are staying with you and such. Yes, and I think here, it seems like in this letter that this includes also, they're traveling Christians, but it looks like they're also doing God's work as they travel, and it's like Gaius says, hey, you're doing really important work, and so I'm going to incur the, what, trouble and expense Mm -hmm. of hospitality, to help further the effort and further the kingdom of God because Mm -hmm. of the important work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, it is fulfilling the golden rule, isn't it? When we reach out to people that need food and housing as they go along their way. Yeah. The next verse is interesting. Uh, They bear witness to your love. That is, these traveling Christians had returned and told John of, man, you can't believe how how well he treated us. Mm-hmm. And then it says, before the church. Mm. And I think that means that information had been shared publicly yeah. in the local congregation. That they had been kind to strangers. Yeah, so much for that. Don't talk to strangers advice, Mark. It's okay if you're a toddler. <laughs> right, right. But man, that's some poor advice long term. We must not only talk, but we must also be hospitable to strangers. Yep. And then it goes a little bit farther here in this particular verse. It says, And you do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. And, of course, Diotrephes did not do that. But Gaius here is encouraged to continue such hospitality Mm -hmm. to faithful men and women. Yeah, so they'll be better off for having been with them. And in a manner worthy of God. That is, they're servants of God. They represent God. Uh, treat them, well, treat them as you would treat Jesus mm-hmm. if he came into your house. Mm-hmm. Send them forward, refreshed, and encouraged on the next stage of their journey. And here's why I think the next phrase says, for they went out for the sake of the name, capital N. Yeah, the glory of God, right? Yeah, they went out to spread the news about the name of Christ. Mm. Yeah, I think these are probably traveling preachers spreading good news. Uh And then it says they accepted nothing among the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Gentile, I think, is just a word for like unbeliever, heathen. In that culture, there were traveling speakers. And the way typically is that they would go and beg. And in contrast to that, Mm. these preachers of the gospel didn't beg. They went, and it was basically up to God's people to help them. They did not collect money from the public. Rather, God's own people are expected to support their own 
people. God's plan is that the Christians would care for one another by their own means. So then it goes on to say, Mark, therefore we ought to support such people so that we may prove to be fellow workers with the truth. Sometimes people forget about that aspect of being a fellow worker. It's easy to focus on the man who goes overseas. Oh, I see. Without realizing, okay, but if the people that are providing financial support or whatever it is for that man and his family to go overseas, Uh live in a foreign country and preach, if you're doing that, you are a fellow worker Mm -hmm. with the truth. Mm-hmm. You're part of his work. And so even if you can't go or feel mm-hmm. you don't have the talent to go, man, it doesn't mean you mm-hmm. can't be a fellow worker. Yeah. Some are gifted with the ability to teach, Romans one twelve. Others are gifted with the ability to financially support those that teach. And both are blessed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have run into people, Cindy, in our travels who, for example, may be at the age where not this time in life, to adopt a child Mm, too old. mm -hmm. But guess what? They open up their home Mm -hmm. to families who are waiting for a child in an area. You know, they provide free housing. To mom and dad while they're waiting for the baby to be allowed. To be born, yeah. Yeah, to be born or whatever. So yeah, yeah, beautiful. All right, well, this was a shorter nomad hike, Mark. We're like short and sweet. Outside of Manchester, Tennessee. Okay. And we went down to an area, and we just parked in a little gravel area, and we walked, I don't know if it was even an eighth of a mile, down to a waterfall, and there was a statue of a woman in a shroud overlooking the water. Remember that? Yes, because we were approaching it. We're like 100 feet away. We're like, what is that? Because it looked like a woman from, because you see her back, sort mm-hmm. of. And she's shrouded. And she's shrouded, so you're, and you get closer, you're like, what on earth? Yeah, a little bit on the creepy <laughs> side. Yeah, and then even when you're up upon her, then you kind of turn around, then you can see her face and everything. I don't think I looked at her face. I don't Surprise. think that's a good idea. Yeah, never look at <laughs> I love surprises like that. That's that's one of my favorite parts of travel is the unexpected. And there was no, usually there's something like, hey, check out the lady with this. Like there was no clue that anything creepy was going to be happening that day. And there are. And there um, she was. There's plenty of places across the United States where basically you're at an overlook. Mm-hmm. And it is not a long hike. It is simply, it's an overlook. Yeah. You walk a little bit, and it's like, okay, this is an amazing view. Mm-hmm. Be careful that you uh, don't turn down those mm-hmm. like, well, that doesn't look like it's very far. Mm-hmm. It, you, it just may surprise you with the amazing view mm-hmm. that it gives you. Worth it. Take the time. All right, and thank you so much for walking with us on this little walk through Third John. God bless.